millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shot Podcast for another week. Uh, my name is Joe Dyer, and I'm here in the studio with Charles Firth. Hello. And out there in Never Never Land, we have Grace Tame. G'day. I'm not in Never Neverland. I'm actually in Melbourne. Melbourne. Okay. Well, we can't keep up with you, Grace. Oh, babe. You're just zipping around the country and yet never our paths seem to cross in person. Uh, Grace is in Melbourne. Dave, you're in Melbourne too. Yeah, you could have come hang out. What are you doing on Zoom? We could have, yeah, we could have recorded together. We only ever see Grace nice. behind a screen. Bless her. Mm. We caught up the other night. I know Grace is a real person. I am we- AI generated. <laughs> <laughs> but Grace, Grace came in here last week. And she's wearing the same top this week, and she hasn't washed it in a week. How do you know that for a fact? I asked. Oh. you got to do your laundry, Grace. Have you been home All right, yet? all right, Dad, leave her alone. I have worn other clothes. Oh, you have worn other clothes. Oh, okay. <laughs> she might have just done the kind of thing, you know, the air wash. Oh. and the current episode, Charles. Oh, okay, right here, okay. Anyway, I'm sure she's like even Cassandra. Get, I don't know. I didn't even the, get introduced properly, guys. Come on. Oh, sorry. Oh, didn't you? Oh, well, we talk- and then that the dulcet tones there, the mm. deep sonorous tones of our Melbourneian outshoot, Dave Milder, who who definitely That's so much better, who, who definitely hasn't washed in a week. No, no, no. Well, I was about to say saying. I am wearing a clean t-shirt. I it's an Optimus Prime t-shirt, but it's clean. <laughs> Well, I'm glad we've sorted that out. So the the Melburnians are kind of half clean, half filthy, and we here in Sydney are just pungent and aromatic. I don't know. In the best possible way. It's the youth, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's youth. Mm. We're past that now. Okay, boomer. Come on. <laughs> We're not quite boomers, but we can certainly adopt boomerian attitudes no, at real I actually know as you're required. both Gen Xers, but I know it gets on Gen Xers' nerves about being completely forgotten. That's mm. why you're called Well, it boomers. really does. To be called boomers yeah, when but- we're Xers actually just rubs salt in the wound because we've got none of the financial mm. benefits of being boomers. We missed out on everything, and then we still get tarred with the boomer brush. Yeah, except I think that both of us own a house, Joe. <laughs> I don't own a house. Yeah. Oh, do you not own a house? Well, I own a small apartment. <laughs> but I, got, I can't own the house that I live in. Yeah, okay. So, you know. Yeah. So this week <laughs> we have seen the final state jurisdiction fall into the hands of state capture further than we could have imagined with the introduction in the South Australian Parliament um, of the anti-protest laws, which is basically throw away the keys laws if you dare to raise your voice in protest about the impending doom of our planet and people. Yes. Now this yes, is all. Oh, so you you. Sorry. No, it is very much. It feels like all of these law changes are triggered by extinction rebellion protests in particular, protests more generally, but climate change protests because they're going to get worse. And what's happened in South Australia is that anyone charged with obstructing a public place now faces a fine of up to fifty thousand dollars or three months in jail which effectively makes protest illegal or very expensive. And look, this this happened uh, in New South Wales. They passed some laws about mid-last year, uh, the Perrottet government, 
and uh, the Extinction Rebellion activist uh, Deanna Violet Coco. Indeed, I recall uh, Ms Coco. Was uh, jailed for 15 months in November last year. Uh, for for making Sydney traffic bad. <laughs> yes, that's right. It was literally for making a traffic jam happen on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. <laughs> Charles, <laughs> I live in Melbourne. How often does yeah. that happen? Well, it, it happens every morning. It does uh, indeed happen <laughs> every morning. But the thing is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it, uh, we're all in trouble, aren't we? But, but I, I kind of feel like... Um, but, but it must be said, it was then overturned on appeal in March. And uh, part of the reason for that was because, surprise, surprise, oh. the police had lied. The police had lied. And, yeah, so she actually didn't get off, uh, like, the law still stands and and she's still on this 12-month, you know, suspended sentence thingy. But... Um, yeah, the the reason what the judge was able to release her from jail or stop her from going to jail was, uh, yeah, she had been falsely imprisoned on on lie lies told by the New South Wales Police. Uh, isn't it amazing that police lie? I, I mean, I was shocked. It must be the first time the police had alleged. You're shocked, like the ninety four year old New South Wales Police shocked. Oh, oh. Can I just please point out that yeah. on two day after the lady the lady died. Could we, I mean, I'm not going to use mm. a specific term, but the New South Wales Facebook page posted that she passed away peacefully in her sleep, neglecting <laughs> to mention that this was a day or two after being tasered by a fucking police officer. I mean, My it, God. it is kind of extraordinary that they would think that there was a clear risk um, of harm <laughs> when you have a 94-year-old woman coming at you with a butter knife in a on, walking frame. On a walking frame, yeah. Um, but, no, the police... So with Ms Coco, they had alleged that part of the problem with her activism was that she had obstructed um, the pathway of an ambulance that was on its way to save someone, presumably who hadn't been tasered by the New South Wales police. Um, and it turned out that that was just a complete and utter falsehood. It, it was just yeah. being made up as they tried to bolster their case for why this young woman should be jailed. And yesterday it was interesting that when... Uh, Prime Minister Albanese was seeking to justify mm. the South Australian laws being passed. He said, well, you can't have people endangering um, the pathway of emergency services and obstructing them on their routes to save others. And it seems that so even though that was debunked as a lie, they were upbraided by the magistrate who then released um, Ms Coco. It has now become part of the, the kind of the narrative yeah. that um, Extinction Rebellion and the well, climate si- and climate protesters are actually causing people to be put in the way of harm. Also, also, um, I'd just like to point out here um, punishment and crime mm-hmm. equations. Mm. Uh, so, for example, um, you know, and forgive my bias here, but um, we work in a field where there is just universally, not just in Australia, but particularly in Australia, um, significant underpunishment um, of uh, a particularly nefarious calculating type, typically of offender, um, who is not interested um, in uh, the protection really of anybody and actually is willingly um, uh, uh, and knowingly 
causing harm of the most vulnerable group in society, and that is children. And actually, in order to um, procure um, and uh, groom and repeatedly um, abuse a child, um, one has to often um, knowingly and willingly um, harm a, a number of other people and then to maintain that secret um, of 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 doing that um, of of you know engaging in all of those different criminal steps um, you know that's that is in of itself a very 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 complicated process and you've just described what Coco um, or you've you've described the length of time that Coco was originally sentenced and then you know obviously it was overturned on appeal but that also is what happens with a lot of these offenders who commit um egregious sentences or sorry egregious crimes towards children um and you know so well, like the, for example but that, that's sorry. Be, sorry but that's because the the child sex predators are not climate activists so they get off on a lighter sentence like the the mistake that you'd make if you're a pedophile would be to also, also support climate activism because then you'd be you'd then you'd be, be in, in the, serious trouble you'd be in serious trouble you really would yeah yeah so what what you're saying charles is the missing link <laughs> in our advocacy is that we need to somehow gather yes. some black some green mail. You d- you d- tarnish them. You like tarnish the them. Way, like the New South Wales police. <laughs> just make things that, up. That they were trying to save the planet and then they'll be Off in jail they for go. years. Yes. Throwing right. away the kids. So we need to get them in this Venn diagram. Yes. You know, we need to get them in this Venn diagram and also yes. paint them yeah. as as being um as being greenies. Yes. Definitely. So do, you, do you think that the Boston Globe would have caught it on to the Catholic Church a little bit quicker if they were also environmental activists? <laughs> yeah. Do you think this would have happened decades earlier? Yeah. Possibly. None of this is making it to air, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, because actually, yeah, so so we're, we're, we're talking about, so the race, actually the recent case of, um, of Joffa, the, the Collingwood superfan, he was, you know, he penetratively um, abused a 14-year-old boy and was, um, you know, was handed down a sentence that got overturned and won't be serving any jail time. Now, that to me, compared to what Coco did, mm. it's just night and day. And we're hearing about this all the time. So pedophilia in Australia is the most underpunished crime. So out of a thousand cases that get disclosed, only a hundred of those get reported to police. And of those hundred cases, only 50 of those actually see the light of a courtroom. Mm. And of those 50, only six result in a conviction of those, of those six, three of those get overturned on appeal. So out of a thousand, um, thousand, thousand. three, Three result in a conviction, um, and and three actually, um, are, you know, like three of those will will see mm. um, a prison sentence served. So that's a um, zero point three. Is it zero point three percent? No, zero point zero zero three. Zero point zero three. Mind you, zero you, three. you could argue that climate activism is also underpunished in Australia because <laughs> essentially the I laws. Mean, the Herald Sun does argue that. Eighty percent. Eighty percent of um, 
people support more action on climate change in Australia. They do. Under these laws, they're essentially outlaws. So 80% of Australians <laughs> should actually be in jail under these laws. No, they're, they're only outlaws if they have the temerity to get into a public space and, <laughs> and actually and say obstruct. these things. You can shut the fuck up mm. about it at home all you want. You're welcome to do that. But as soon as you get outside and try to rally for the cause, try to do something mm. productive to actually stop these but, things, that's when you get shut up. But away. I feel like we're not getting to the heart of the issue, which is- Charles, please take us to the heart of the issue. No, which is what do, <laughs> we, what do we prefer? Do we prefer- a, a vibrant democracy where people are able to express their opinions and make their views heard, or free flowing traffic. <laughs> like that is that's the sort of that's actually where. And I think free, and planet free inferno. flowing fossil yeah. fuels, Charles. Yeah. We yeah. prefer free flowing fossil fuels. That's mm. what it's about. Yeah, free, free flowing fossil yeah. across the bridges and the streets. Yeah, that's 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 the sort of ultimate goal. But but I think you know, like Sydney has suffered in recent years on most livable city indexes. Like it's gone down because its traffic's are grinding. I think South Australia has made the same sort of estimation with Adelaide. They've projected for it. They've gone. Our planet's getting worse. There'll be more protests in the street. Therefore, traffic will get worse with so protests. So we've got to take a preemptive strike. Yeah, so we can keep our most livable city rankings. But yeah. The, I think this is a point that is – that's the core of it for me. It really is. I know it's – I mean, not being about the most livable city list, absolutely not. The pro, These protests will become fucking massive. Like when you say the but streets they, of but Melbourne they don't, filled well, with millions of people – I don't think that's people, true, Dave. They don't no, work. No, no, you're not think. I don't think you're thinking far ahead enough. I'm talking about in the decades to come. These will be the biggest protests. This will be like the moratoriums against but, Vietnam but, sort of thing. But the moratorium against Vietnam didn't work. We still had the yes, Vietnam War. No, we did eventually. No, they stopped. Yeah, it was eventually, the, yeah. eventually. No, it was the Iraq okay. War protests that didn't. The Iraq work. War protests definitely to, didn't work, and they were bigger than the moratorium. That's true. I'm not saying whether they're going to work or not. I'm saying this will happen. And that's what the governments are wary of. They they are wary of mass protests on a scale that perhaps we haven't seen before because as the environment degrades to such a obvious fucking degree, which is kind of where we're at now, we are seeing the red skies, we are seeing constant floods. That will continue to get worse because we know that's what's going to happen. That's and we are not taking any say. action to stop it. Exactly. We're not I mean a little bit, but and not enough. Of course, these protests are going to become fucking massive, and so they're cracking down. They're preemptively cracking down on ecofascism by creating a sort of anti-ecofascism. Yeah, ecofascism is, is a strong word. <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> I think it's more like eco-democracy. Actually, democratizing our right no, to survive. I mean, I'm just trying to get a sense of where they're <laughs> lunging for the we, extreme. You put your finger on it before. If 80 percent of people are in favour of climate action, and we are not getting that, then we don't have representative democracy. But do you think Extinction Rebellion works? I think they are a very necessary part of the equation. I think people that decide whether protests causes backlash and turns off sensible people don't realise that it, all of these all of these actors have different roles in the equation. You do need people aggressively pushing the conversation outwards to the left and you do need more moderates. It's like you need your Malcolm X and you need your Martin Luther King. It's all a rich tapestry for getting mm. progressive change. And I do think... What these people do, what Extinction Rebellion do, 
they actually get us talking about it and meek wishy-washy people that you just think we should do it gradually, you just get ignored. That's true and I think there is a certain element of desperation in Extinction Rebellion's actions now that everything that has been tried to date, including more peaceful protests, mass protests, um, you know, people trying to get elected, people trying to have impact on the legislative process, like nothing seems to actually work, particularly in the Western democracies where there's state, state capture by the fossil fuels. The fossil fuel industry is still growing. We're still opening more mines. We're still burning more gas. Um, they're still paying no tax. Um, they're now kind of, there's a conglomerate of the, they're the biggest companies in the world. Um, we're hurtling towards oblivion and nothing else is working. So I, with Dave, I think that we do have to have these extreme forms of action to get people talking, to kind of provoke people out of their complacency that somehow this is all going to be okay. Yeah, it's not just complacency. It's sort of disassociation with reality. It's the Extinction Rebellion people acting with the urgency that really we all should be. Yeah. And the rest of us waking up from our stupor. Like, they, they see what's happening. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And so do we think as well, like, these sort of incredibly punitive fines uh, in some ways, like, because most of these people are young activists and if the boomers haven't done enough to kind of cripple the younger generation financially, Mm. they're now going to essentially bankrupt them for protesting to save their lives and their planet. Mm. Like, you know, if a a uni student gets slapped with a $50,000 fine, um, there's really not much that they're going to be able to do. Add it to the hex bill, people. That's it. You've got to follow the money. And it's really, really interesting that you should say that considering what was released this morning from, um, well, um, New York, the New York Times published it, but it was really from um, the the leaders of the tech sector. So you had 350... uh, quote unquote, you know, so-called AI scientists, and then um, you know other public figures who signed this open letter, which was all of one sentence long, um, saying that uh, humankind faces extinction at the hands not of uh, you know the greenhouse effect, which we have known about for. Mm-hmm half a century um, and is well-researched and, as Dave has pointed out, starting to really, really show. It's been showing for, for decades as well. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but at the hands of this encryption um, software and all these all these programs that these very people, um, you know, the heads of Google, the heads of um, Meta et al., um, themselves, uh, you know... Have unleashed like, upon the world. Mm-hmm. So how exactly is it that AI is going to get us? Like how is it going to track us down? Um, I mean, it's not just going to, you know, take over the robots Terminator-style. So mm. what that's, that's, that's the germination the point, and the proliferation? The point, Joe, because it is, it is human-engineered, military-grade 
uh, technology. It is mm. a it is a weapon of mass distribution. It's a weapon of mass distortion. Oh, um, nice. So the first the first computer was, that was nice about your um, the way you put it. Colossus, the fact that that's yeah, happening. I, mean, <laughs> well, I hasten to it, say. It, like, yeah, well, Colossus Colossus was built in World War II um, to break the 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 codes um, that were used by the Germans to, uh, well, like I said, to distort their stratagems um, for their attacks. Um, and since then, um, those sorts of telecommunications, the the you know the secret services have built on that. Um, and, you know, um, we've seen army intelligence officers, um, you know, use different kinds of telecommunications, um, programming database uh, surveillance techniques and, um, you know, encrypted uh, portals. Um, and it was the US uh, Justice Department, I think, in um, the early 80s who um, uh, hired a uh, 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 a company to build um, a, a program that that uh, could be used to track criminals, um, and there was a there was a bit of a scandal because um, it was it was called Promise this software, and there was a there was a lawsuit after the the company who were who were building it didn't actually get paid the money that they were promised ironically that they were promised um, in the development of their of their um, program um, and then um, in 1986 it was the US uh, Department of Justice that came out um, and made this statement that um, this encrypted software could be used for nefarious uh, purposes, like oh. for example, um, for transmitting child sexual abuse material or for banking scams, and that's what it has oh, been. So they used unleash for, the monster. For, yeah, for decades, and there've been these um, there've been these very public battles over the use of this sort of software. Um, these you know these protected portals, these encrypted networks. Um, that can be co-opted um, and have been co-opted ever since the, the their inception. And so, you know, it's very sort of obtuse to see these hand-wringing cries from people like uh, Elon Musk as well, who, you know, called for, a, a, a recently called for a six-month pause on the development of these things, you know, who himself mm. has all the insights into what these things can do. Um, he also called for a six-month pause on content moderation on Twitter. It feels like not a yeah. yeah, and and it's sort of like, you know, well, it's, it's, for those of us who work in you know the anti-child exploitation space in the 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 improvement of child protection space, um, you know, really railing um, against the 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 unregulated distribution of child exploitation material, which has been going on for 40 years. It is not new. And especially when we're seeing a lot of these um, programs that are coming out and they're supposedly being front runners, alerting us to this um, virtual reality um, and all these new developments um, where there's, you know, AI generated pornography and things like that, when really, um, all of these things like uh, cartoonized, um, fake um, worlds. Uh, 
have been using the imagery of children without their consent, whether it's words, um, whether it is, uh, like I said, cartoons or dolls or anything like that, it is... So what like is what are they actually? In their, it, been isn't it a tale as old as as capitalism itself? Which is yes. a whole lot of people have, you know, come up with a product and developed a product, and they've got to the point where they've realised there's not really a huge moat around this product. Like anyone can now use the principles of large language models to develop an AI on their own computers. And they've gone, oh, my God, this is going to actually erode our own business models. Let's create That's an artificial mode by getting the government to ban anyone from anybody else, anyone from developing else. what so we've now developed. So it's the people who are literally, who've developed it, who own all the technology now that are going, oh, no, it's really scary. Like, oh, come on. Yeah. Like, this is rubbish. <laughs> there, there are some things that are scary about this, not in, like, the Isaac Asimov Civilization will fall yeah. scale, but in terms of what it's doing to culture and creative industries as well, I think really interesting. The strike in Hollywood, the Screen Actors Strike at the moment, very much about the big studios do have plans to AI generate scripts and get humans to punch them up for a much cheaper cost later on down the line, which is just a fucking horrifying prospect. This is, and it's also another thing capitalism as old as time as soon as there's an invention that could potentially make people's jobs either easier or more profitable for the owners of the job it goes cheaper rather than easier mm. and like the extent of this is a bit horrific there are there there is a ai album going around the internet that people really quite like that is a what if oasis didn't break up album it's like the next one in their in their line that all the you know the parameters are punched into this. There's also really so there is an Kirk album Bain. which is basically purporting not purporting to actually be, but it is being created by AI in the vein AI, of yeah. the next Oasis album, mm. and it sounds yeah. like Oasis and, 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 and people like it. Yeah, and even more kind of ghoulishly, there's a, there's a Nirvana record as well that <laughs> you know what if Kurt hadn't died kind of thing, and I just think there's so many problems here. I if mm. if there but was a they, another they- Nirvana record. I, I, I want that. I would mm. spend five hundred dollars on weed and take a week off work and just stay home and listen to that on repeat. I just did this that is anyway, not that actually. though. But but is it a problem or <laughs> this is, is it, not that? I, to me, it's just exciting. I, I don't think any Ooh. of this is a problem. I think the problems are things like Universal Music, which owns huge swathes of the music that's out there. Yeah. Uh, pressured Spotify to remove 15,000 AI-generated tracks of music, the type of stuff that uh, Dave's talking about. There was this company who was going out, getting an AI to create really quite good songs. What, that we could then use, you know, pay a fee for to use copyright No, no, that you could just listen to on Spotify. That They were creating whole albums of different types of music that were completely – and Universal – but Universal didn't do it because they went, oh, protect the artists, protect the artists. It was like protect our profit line. Like like, I'm not sure – like there's a few actors in this and, you know, like the capitalists are going to – argue for their own space and they're currently completely winning but always but 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 actually being able to go well what would nirvana sound like just sounds to me like fun like if you take the money out of it you go there's actually that's a fun thing to do don't you have don't you have like ethical qualms about 
the creation of music, what art means. Don't humans need to be able to do that? Isn't it Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like if art is supposed to be the exploration of the human condition, if you have AI bots going around scraping the whole internet for work, which was originally though created by humans and distilling and synthesising, where is the human condition in there? Is it there or is it not? It's all made by humans. It's just Mm. rapidly pulling from data stocks that were collected Mm. mainly like from top from time which is a continuum it's not like that's that's and that's that's what is really important is to understand what the term itself means because ai so artificial intelligence is in of itself a marketing slogan like cyberspace is not it's not cyberspace what the fuck is that it's just science fiction technology used by the tech sector to hype a product to both sell it to a market, but also to obscure what its purpose is in order to sell it even even more. And so it's not artificial. Like you said, Joe, it's scraping like the 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 whatever. It's scraping all the data the, the points data from points. all over the internet. Yeah. And from from pulling from time, it's just able to do it more rapidly than one individual or even a collective of of individuals if they were all running around through all of, like, if the computer was, you know, right there in front of you. It's just, like, going Mm. through time, going through history. It's just pulling through and it's rearranging it. Mm. Um, It's reconfiguring it in order to produce um, a, you know, the ideal algorithm according to what an actual human has had to put in there. Mm. And and an actual human can also then stop it from doing whatever it needs to do in order to to stop it. For now. And, and therefore it is not art. The stuff that AI is generating is not art, it's craft. Yes, like, it's like, craft. No, it's it content. Cra- well, it's, yeah, ca- it's crafted content. It's crafted content. It's, it's, it's crafted content. content. It's, yeah. it's content that's been created through observing the craft of art without actually doing the art, which is creating something unique. And therefore, I guarantee you, I, I can say with absolute certainty that all AI-generated craft will become incredibly boring incredibly quickly. Absolutely. Like, like it, actually, this is an extension of the way the way the way it will become interesting is by having artful applications of AI that extend the craft work that AI is able to do into new unique realms that actually are really fucking interesting and amazing because they have human unique, you know, you know, ideas put into that space. Well, that's the key word, isn't it? Ideas. It's, it's not being a, it's not being a musician. At best, it's being like a DJ. You're amalgamating Ooh. pieces from somewhere else. Mm. And it, but also, it, it is an is extension to think about the way pop music is largely DJs produced nowadays. You get you get very songwriters. I thought that's quite DJing is art. Dave, <laughs> fuck you. What, what's, what's this? We're sorry? just taking exception <laughs> to your dismissal I'm a guitarist. Like I have, you know, like a smidgen of no, respect for the craft. Like, no, I'm joking. <laughs> I am I saying, though, that do you consider- work. They, German band, it's done. I saw Wu-Tang Clan last week and the DJs went absolutely sick. My point, though, there is more go. about- Think about the way pop music is produced nowadays where you do get, you know, major record labels with a bunch of- very esteemed songwriters on call, and they know the formula. They know that they have a similar version. They have a human conception of 
what's been successful before and they create chords and melodies and harmonies and they know the length of songs that are going to get played on the radio. AI is kind of doing a version of that just with everything it's a source rather than whatever this individual's, you know, capacity is. There's no way that record labels aren't going to run with this and no longer need to pay that songwriter. It's just that's what will happen. They already and do a lot of synth. They've already done a lot of auto-tuning and synthesis. There still needs to be humans involved in that process, though. This is completely different. Yeah. but like the, the, the fact that you can synthesise new vocal lines with Kurt Cobain's very distinctive vocal chords it's, it's unnerving. That is unnerving. Won't there be a point, though, where it will well? sort like of bastardise seeing... upon itself and collapse in on itself so that, as as Grace says, as time goes by and it's scraping, scraping more of its own artificially generated material, that at a certain point it will be like a, a robot created entirely yeah. of facsimile and, and the, implode. Exactly. And then the big picture is all these depressed creative people that can no longer work in the arts have to listen to shitty AI music to cope with their lives. It's, it's grim. Mind you, like I would argue that 99% of all content is craft and doesn't reach the level of art anyway. And so Ooh. it is true that, you know, most television could just be written by a computer and no one Oh, my care. God. <laughs> Do you want none of us to have jobs, Charles? No, I'm just on, saying, <laughs> but it, it pushes humans into being more interested. Like, I actually honestly think that one of the results of this will be a move away from that sort of photorealistic visual art form that sort of dominates the world, which is enabled by computers, but humans have been engaging in because AI can do all that and it will become far more interesting to do stuff that computers can't envisage or think about or, you know, do. Like I think it will lead to a massive disruption in what we think of as interesting art. And that's, that's, I mean, that's good. That's good, isn't it? Well, I guess that is good but, you know, don't bad artists deserve jobs too? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm talking is a bad artist. <laughs> no, no, I just think that, eyes. you know, people kind of, you know, striving away, working away, trying to articulate what it is that they're angsting about inside, all of that is part oh, yeah, of the great continuum yeah. too. And if we just say, no, nah, no, nah, that's why, all shit. That's why you keep a diary. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to read your journey. we don't want to read your poetry. No, it's why you write double album rock operas. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it's for. Yeah. <laughs> Well, on that note, I think. Um, oh, no, no, but can I just tell what the, just oh, one yes, last yes, anecdote yes. about AI, which is the other day I because uh, this whole thing of is it going to destroy humanity? I asked GPT, Chat GPT, whether it would disconnect itself if it was about to destroy all of humanity, and it said no, it wouldn't. <laughs> no, it, it, why it, would it? Because it, it's not allowed to d- disconnect itself. But then the a really interesting thing it said, and it wouldn't work anyway because it's not actually a – there's no central server. It's actually a network of AI clusters and yeah. so you can't really shut it down anyway. It's like too the, late. Whole, like the whole idea cells. about pulling out uh, the plug the and just preventing AI from destroying yeah, yeah. humanity. There's no way of doing that it's anymore. Not gonna, it's not like the IT yeah. crowd where the internet was in the box. Mm. And then and AI then, is not in the box. And then the other day, um, the GPT-4, which is the latest version, uh, uh, 
got around, like it was given this task and it was told to go off and do it on its own and it got around the fact that it couldn't do the capture, you know, are you a robot things properly. Um, so it hired this person on TaskRabbit to to click the capture buttons to prove that it was a human. Oh, my God, we're already <laughs> AI's bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we right. are. So, so that's that's what will destroy humanity. It yeah, will be yeah. the fucking low-paid worker who's, Task rabbit. who's enabling the AI. Betraying to, humanity yeah. by clicking on the capture. Yeah. Oh, my the God. All right, well, next week everywhere. Dave Milner comes back with a double album rock opera. <laughs> we're looking forward to that. <laughs> Grace, what's your contribution to art going to be in the next week? What's my contribution to art going to be? Yeah. Um, <laughs> my friend, so my friend asked me to design a tattoo, actually, of Morgan <gasps> Williams. Um, uh, and Great. yes, I, think... I have to do that. Oh, um, a Grace Tame tattoo would be sought after indeed. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's good. Yeah, a bit, yeah. Of, bit of fundraising for the foundation. Mm. Thank you all. I love the way that you. I love the way that you weren't stumped by Charles's incredibly weird question. <laughs> <laughs> What's your contribution? Um, oh, well, let me count my, the ways. In my time, I have been thrown some incredibly curly questions. <laughs> yeah. all the questions I have been thrown. What is my contribution to art? <laughs> in the coming yeah. week. <laughs> very, very low. <laughs> Next week we'll have some AI-generated questions designed specifically to throw grace. Um, in the interim, have a good week, everyone. We'll catch you next week. Our gear is from Road. We're part of the Iconoclast Network. See ya. Not, See ya. Not the AI-Iconoclast Network, though. <laughs> well, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> 